This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. It's great to welcome Jan Vermeulen, the editor at My Broadband, on board the Afternoon Overdrive. Jan, good afternoon. Thanks once again for joining us. Good afternoon. Pleasure to be here. Well, a number of things to unpack. That's why I thought I'd cross over earlier to you. Let's get going with this undersea cable break, which takes down South African Discord voice service. What's happening here? Sure. Uh, this, uh, I think the most interesting part of the story is that the West African cable system and the SAT3 cable is down. Uh, they, there was uh, uh, apparently a rock fall in the Congo Canyon. And it's caused a break on both, it's caused breaks on both cables. What, it looks like it's one break on both cables. And, um, so that's effectively knocked offline, um, uh, you know, the, the uh, majority, or not the majority, but the, the, the most used portion of our west, west coast, um, subsea cables. Right. Now there's a lot more capacity that's come online. But um, these the, the deals, the, the commercial deals that that um, you know go together with um, the extra capacity coming online, they might not be in place. And in fact, it, it looks like um, they're not necessarily. Uh, so uh, because these are long-term agreements, you know, you, right. you sign for for ten or twenty years. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, bad news here is that uh, this is going to this could degrade. Um, internet speeds okay, on well, some ISPs, to that, right? Okay, um, and it's going to probably be more than a month before it's fixed, more than, because okay. the cable laying ship that can fix this is in Kenya or off the coast of Kenya, um, because it's busy working on a cable break over oh, there. Right. Now it's, it's got to traverse the whole of the African continent to get to the west, as you said. It, it took it 10 days to travel from Cape Town to Mombasa. So it's another 10 days. <laughs> there we go. Back to Cape Town. Okay. At least, but it also, first it needs to complete the job that it's in Kenya for in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. Then it needs to load, um, replacement cable and all the equipment and personnel it needs for the deep sea repair off, um, off the, the west coast of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it needs to, yeah, start repairing the cables and that whole, Voyage um, is estimated to only, you know, it'll only be on site mm-hmm. at the location of the break um, within the f- our, uh, first week or maybe mid-September. Right. Um, is is the is the best estimate we've got so far. Okay. And the, and the Discord story is that is one of the first areas of impact that we've seen. Is there is a um, let's call it a social networking application called Discord right. that lets you create a community and inside that community host chat rooms and voice channels okay. and forums and so forth. And uh, what we noticed was when you create a voice channel, the server that um, that it uses is a cloud-based, a very uh, clever cloud-based system. Um, but it, it, you get allocated a server from somewhere in the world now. Discord actually has a presence in South Africa through a uh, its hosting provider. It uses a it uses a company called i3D, and i3D has servers in South Africa. So us as South African users would be able to get voice channels that are actually locally hosted, which is great. Now, when you create a voice channel in the, or, or connect to a voice channel in Discord for the first time, and the server gets automatically you know created, mm-hmm. um, it you we we were being allocated servers out of Spain. And so it looks like Wax has taken down 
um, the, 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 the voice servers for Discord in South Africa. We try to ping the, the known addresses for those servers and they're returning errors. Okay. And, um, the provider itself, i3D, has confirmed that it's, um, that, you know, the, the company that they use, their mm-hmm. vendor, has yeah. confirmed that wax is the cause of this. So we know wax is the cause of it. Um, and, and this is the, this is the first sort of disruption sure. in a service that, that we've seen as a result of the cable breaks. Okay, Jan. Jan, let, let's move on now to everything, uh, behind the scenes. Skullduggery, call it what you may, or, you know, like controversial. Municipalities could avoid, avoid now losing millions in speeding fines to auto, but you will still get demerit points. How's yeah. that working? Right. Yeah, so um, in essence, I think the story behind the story people need to get behind here, at least in my opinion, is that there is an acrimonious fight brewing between local governments, metro municipalities, local municipalities, Mm -hmm. and the national government. Uh, Because the Road Traffic Infringement Agency, which I think forms part of the Road Traffic Management Corporation, um, is essentially uh, being handed control of all speeding fines across South Africa, or there is an attempt at least Mm -hmm. to hand it control of all speeding fines across South Africa through ARTO. I'm sure people have heard of ARTO. That's Mm -hmm. this new traffic fine system that got tested here in Joburg and and Pretoria. Um, And uh, part of that is that when you commit the traffic infringement, you get demerit points on your license. And when you get a certain number of demerit points, your license gets suspended, and then eventually it can get taken away from you. And uh, so Cape Town, um, to much fanfare, I think, said, you know, that, that they they have found a way around this. You know, they've found a way to sidestep Arto. Right. Uh, cue big cheers from the crowd. But what was not quite well explained is that, what the, what they're talking about is they're going to get the money for the speeding fines, but you will still get the merits on your license. Auto isn't going anywhere. Um, and so the, the law has been declared constitutional by the constitutional court. So you'll still get the merit points, but, but um, Cape Town wants the money because speeding fines are a huge source of revenue for municipalities. Mm-hmm. And if that money gets uh, siphoned, by a national government agency, that is money that's not, not going to local governments. And so we're, we're seeing a pretty big fight brewing over who gets to dole out speeding fines. Okay. Uh, in South Africa. Um, and, uh, there's, it's, it sounds like there's millions, if not billions at stake. Mm. And now we've got ESCOM accusing, accused of colluding with municipalities to block solar power plants. <laughs> what, what are they up to there now? Yeah, so um, so this is the story of Frankfurt, um, if, if people remember that one. So there is a, a company out there or an independent power producer called Rural Maintenance um, that uh, is an independent power producer that the, the local municipality there, Mafube, has been has had a contract with for over a decade now to to supply power to Frankfurt, and so they built uh, um, I think it's two solar power plants, and they had this deal with Eskom. Um, to supply power and, and, uh, you know, try their hand at running their own load shedding schedule. And then ESCOM cut them off. And so, um, uh, uh, I want to try and give as much context here as, as, as possible. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is that Frankfurt is, is now not allowed to implement its own load shedding schedule. It has to stick to the national load shedding schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Cape Town has a system where it can reduce one stage of load shedding. And ESCOM says, firstly, Frankfurt does not have enough capacity on its solar power plants to cover its whole demand. So 
um, it can't just you know do what it can't just do what it wants right. with respect to load shedding. Okay. Um, but also, it can't just reduce stages of load shedding because um, there's. It sounds like there's a complex calculation involving load profiles. Yeah. Um, that you know could and, and so it's about like how ESCOM keeps the grid stable. Right. And Frankfurt naturally didn't accept that explanation. They said we we showed ESCOM data showing that when we implement our own load shedding schedule, we actually reduce demand on ESCOM. Mm -hmm. And ESCOM said that's irrelevant, uh, essentially. Right. Um, And and you have to abide by what's called the load shedding code of practice. Um, And so... um, the uh, and the 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 other thing that um, rural maintenance uh, took issue with mm-hmm. um, is the fact that ESCOM is now essentially disincentivizing communities from investing in their own mm. solar power plants. So it would seem, yeah. Uh, um, and so uh, the DA um, has now put out a press statement: never want to waste the crisis. Um, but still um, on, a, I think, a, a pretty uh, good cause. Mm-hmm. And so they are going to try and put pressure on the electricity minister to, to get him to, to uh, you know, uh, hammer out some kind of solution oh. between ESCOM yeah. and rural maintenance. Um, I do think that there is some complexity here that's not fully explored, mm-hmm. um, you know, regarding the, um, this load profile calculation right. and how exactly that works. Um, that, 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 that needs to be hashed out. Sure. Um, because otherwise other communities are going to run mm. into the same problem. Jan, we're going to have to leave it there. Unfortunately, once again, I haven't had time to unpack one more issue with you, but hopefully we can do that next week when we meet again. Jan Vermeulen, editor at My Broadband. Thanks, Jan, for joining us this afternoon.